Welcome to the Box Jumper Podcast, Episode 2. Uh, I am your host, John Sainamond. I am a CrossFit Level 1 trainer and Catalyst Athletics L1 certified weightlifting coach, a master's athlete, a husband, a dad, a small business owner, and a bunch of other stuff in Bedford, Nova Scotia, Canada. Uh, with this podcast, I take an inside look at the fitness community and talk to people about getting healthy, happy, fit, staying active, and independent, and all the other great benefits that make uh, fitness a great part of your life. Um, for this episode, I am joined by two success stories from my home box, Osprey Athletics. They are certainly not the only ones, but I picked Gareth and Amanda to chat with for two simple reasons. Uh, first, I think their stories are inspiring and accessible. Uh, and I think their willingness to share their experiences uh, just might inspire change in others. They're both master's athletes that are relatively new to CrossFit, both under a year into their journeys. Each decided for their own reasons to recover some of the fitness that they had slowly seen disappear as time went on um, from their lives over a long period of time. Uh, and that, that is a common story for many of us. What's uncommon is the way that they have both impressively thrown themselves, heart and soul, into their commitment to fitness. They're seeing results, it excites them, and it makes them work even harder. And the CrossFit community around them at Osprey is enjoying cheering them on. So get ready for this wad for your ears. It's go time in 10 seconds. If you've ever doubted your ability to get fit, my chat with these two should really put your fears to rest. I wanted to talk to you both because you've both had some success in your your fitness journey. Um, you've both made huge improvements in the time that I've known you, mm-hmm. um, and you're both well under a year into your CrossFit journey. Um, but uh, you know, I, I know you started a little bit earlier, so mm-hmm. why don't you tell me, like, how did you get involved in in CrossFit in the first place, Gareth? Okay, uh, I first got involved in CrossFit through my wife. Uh, she started it. In the fall of 2016, uh, when she first got a Groupon to try it her first class. Uh, I didn't want to go. I wanted to do something that was easier, cheaper, and I went with Fit for Less. So when she would uh, go to her 6 a.m. class, she would drop me off at the gym and then pick me up in afterwards. And that's one of those 24-hour, you know, 24 just hour, go in, handle it yourself kind of thing. And exactly, you're, you're yeah. basically paying for access to the equipment. Yeah, and it was cheap, but at the same time... A month later, I'm already bored out of my mind because it's not like somebody else makes up the programs. I have to come up with what I'm going to do for the workout. So this went on for another couple months. And then around Christmas time, she was trying to convince me to try CrossFit. So over the uh, Christmas break, um, we watched a few documentaries and uh, videos about CrossFit on Netflix and YouTube, which is the first time I got a chance to see the terms, what the terms clean jerk and snatch actually referred to. <laughs> uh, and it was also the first time I got a chance to, you know, hear the names Froning, uh, Frazier, Sigmund's daughter and David's daughter. Mm. So, uh, shortly after that in January, she invited me out to one of the CrossFit classes that she was going to go to purely as a spectator. <laughs> and, uh, I said, sure, why not? So I went and that was actually the first class. The first time I met you, John mm-hmm. was at that class. I remember. Yeah. Mm. And everybody was really warm and welcoming, and they're very nice, and they were really gung-ho for CrossFit. I mean, at first I thought they were crazy, but... 
<laughs> okay, I'll see what it's about. Anyway, this particular class, uh, there was 150 wall balls in that class for that for some Metcon. <laughs> and I was looking at it, I'm like, I think I can do that. That doesn't look too bad. <laughs> Not at all. I'm like, 150? I mean, I know these guys make, uh, are kind of sweating at the end, but, you know, they managed to get through it. So after that little delusional episode, I was not discouraged from going to CrossFit. So that was That's pretty, pretty good. good. That's a good sign. Yeah. People, um, Hannah was worried that I would be. I was like, no, good. Uh, enter the fitness assessment. So uh, Kaylin did my fitness assessment. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember everything that went on during the assessment. But I do know walking lunges were in there somewhere. And it was the first time I even heard of a walking lunge, let alone doing one. And I think I did maybe 10. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, I was extremely sore. And the next day, when I had to get up to go to work, I literally called in sick because I could not move. I could not get from one end of the living room to the other. <laughs> so that was pretty brutal. And I started to wonder, how am I going to be able to do this? Anyway, I finally got better over time but uh, going to work. But, uh, yeah, I was walking like a penguin for about two weeks after that. Shortly after I had the fitness assessment done, I got an email saying that, uh, kind of a sugar-coated version, uh, that I should probably do personal training mm-hmm. to sort of get up my, uh, my fitness level. And uh, I was referred to by somebody else who had done the personal training uh, route, uh, Tony. All right. He did yeah, that. That's right. I forgot that he had. So after speaking with him, um, I wasn't discouraged as much, and... Um, was actually looking forward to doing it. So shortly thereafter, I began the, the personal training sessions. And the very first session I went to, I think I was there maybe 10 minutes, and I was wrapped around a bucket just puking my guts up. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I soon learned thereafter that it's not a good idea to go to these things on an empty stomach. <laughs> and having poor nutrition doesn't help either. So uh, ever since then, I've been getting up like at 430 and already had something to eat and let it settle before I go to class. And I was telling my coworkers this, and they were all impressed that I was going across it. I was more impressed that I got up at 4.30 voluntarily. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so that's, your, that's your time slot, eh? It's, it's the, the, the 6 early morning, yeah. get it done. Get it done. Yeah. How about you, Amanda? How did you, mm-hmm. What was your introduction to CrossFit? How did you decide to take that plunge? Um, I actually work with Haley Warnica. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked with her for two and a half years now. Mm-hmm. So she was she's into more of the weightlifting now, but she was heavy into CrossFit. So I've listened to her stories for the last few years, but I didn't really understand what it was. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I turned thirty nine last August, uh, the heaviest I've ever been. Um, probably would be de- clinically depressed had I gone to the doctor. Um, I worked 12-hour shifts on my feet. I could barely make it through 12 hours. My feet hurt. My back hurt. I was exhausted. Um, so something had to change yeah. um, because I was on my way to being diabetic. I was, I'm lucky I don't have back problems, knee problems, joint problems, but they weren't far down the road. Right. Um, so I actually started by eating better. Mm-hmm. So I drastically changed my diet not long after my birthday, so by the end of August. Um, and that's when I started thinking about... Adding fitness, because I'm not a self-motivated person. I've always known fit for less, good life. Those are not going to work for me. Mm -hmm. I can't show up. I've had treadmills. I've had ellipticals. I've had the equipment to work out, and I don't. Right. Um, And it's boring. Um, So 
hearing her stories, I kind of was always sort of interested, but never thought I was in a place where I was confident enough to go. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went to a community class, I think it was around mid-September to late September. Mm -hmm. I couldn't walk after (laughs) that class. (laughs) Stairs were an issue. Um, But at that point, I was hooked. Um, So I think I went on a Saturday. I think that Monday I was signed up for pre-flight. And I haven't slowed down since. Yeah. Um, and just, I try to explain to people how much better I feel compared to six, seven months ago. Just physically, I can walk up the stairs and not be out of breath. I can walk at a brisk pace and not, and hold a conversation at the same time. Like it's, it's translated into my life in ways that I didn't understand it. You know, it's, it's, it's hard when you're on the other side and you're so out of shape and you're so unhealthy to understand how much better you can feel. Mm. So for me, I keep saying, oh, it's only up from here for me. Um, because I just, I can't imagine ever going back to the way I was. So for me, CrossFit has literally probably been a lifesaver. Because I was on the way to diabetes. I was on the way to chronic, real health problems. Yeah. How early were you able to start setting uh, milestone goals for yourself? Um, I don't set goals <clears throat> in that sense. So mm-hmm. for me... Because I'm looking at this long-term. So I'm looking at things I can sustain long-term. So the diet changes I've made, the fitness changes I've made, mm-hmm. I want to sustain them. So I'm not saying giving, I'm not giving myself a timeline. Right. Um, so I want to be healthy for the rest of my life as much as I can control it. Um, so I've lost 47, 48 pounds since August. Wow. Um, I'm still scaling a lot of stuff, but I'm not cutting back on the reps. I'm not, you know, so those are the goals, but I don't have a timeline. Right. So as long as I'm seeing progress, for me, it doesn't matter if it's slow, if it's quick, if it's overnight, because it's, it's not going to be. Yeah. I didn't get this way overnight. I've been unhealthy for more of my life than I've been healthy. Well, and, and it, it's healthy to have that attitude too. Like you're not looking for an overnight change because you no. recognize that it's, you know, a long-term pattern. Yeah got you to where you were prior to so now you're looking at a longer term solution yeah. as well and and that 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 will you know probably help it become a, an easier part of your everyday recognizing that you're not looking for things to change really drastically yeah. in, in mm-hmm. any kind of short-term way and i think that's where a lot of people go wrong there's these 21 day diets 30 day diets 60 days they think well if i just change my eating habits and <coughs> exercise for 30 days and I lose 20 pounds. Well, what happens at the end of the 30 days? Right. Right. So my thing is, is, you know, someday I'm going to have grandchildren someday, you know, and I mm-hmm. work in healthcare. I'm on my feet for the better part of 12 hours. <clears throat> I need my body to function and I need to function when I'm not at work. Right. So for me, this is long-term. So as long as I'm seeing progress in which I am, you know, um, then I'm happy Yeah. because I want to be able to sustain it. I don't want to wake up one day and say, well, geez, I didn't lose 50 pounds by this milestone, so I'm a failure. Right. I don't want to get into that negative right. thought pattern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just keep trucking along the way I am, I guess. Like, yeah. As long as I see progress, I'm happy. So how long did it take for each of you to start feeling the progress, even before you started seeing any kind of, um, you know, really objectively observable results, whether it was inches off the waistline, whether it was pounds on the scale. Um, you know, most people, when, when they start CrossFit, no matter what fitness level they come in with, feel it before they see it. How, how was it for, for each of you? 
Oh, um, well, I felt it first. I didn't see any results right away. And when I felt it, it was just feeling it in terms of the actual classes. When I went there, if I scaled something, uh, I was able to complete it or I was able to complete it with um, a higher weight. Um, or at least when I finished it, I wasn't completely out of breath thinking that this is completely ridiculous. So just by any, just by being able to feel that, I uh, knew that I was getting somewhere. Um. For me, it was more, so for the first probably two, three months at least, I had to cut back on the reps. So if something was 30, I did maybe 15 or 20. So all of a sudden, one day I noticed that I wasn't scaling back the reps. I might be scaling down the weight or or modifying it in some way, but I wasn't scaling back on the reps. Right. Um, So it was probably, I mean, I I did notice a difference, um, like with the stamina, with just being stronger, but when I really noticed it, it was probably December mm-hmm. because I just realized one day in class, I wasn't cutting back on the reps anymore. You know, that day of the 150 wall balls, you know, right. I made it through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it was just, whereas I in September, October, when I started, mm. there's no way I could have done, I could barely skip for five or 10 seconds, right. much less do 150 wall balls. Yeah. So that for me was just like, wow. Like, and then the open was just... I wish, honestly, I wish it could just go on forever because, (laughs) because you push yourself harder. Yeah. Right. Mm. So uh, my expectations going in weren't high Mm -hmm. because I'm relatively new. It was more so I'd have a marker. So next year I can kind of see where I'm at compared to this year. So my only goal was to not be last. Mm -hmm. Somebody's got to be last. I just prayed it wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, every goal that I set, I met. So they might not have been high for somebody else's standards, but for me, it was like, I met every goal I I, I, yeah. I wanted, you know. So for me, it was just very proud of myself. You know, you, you both have kind of a unique perspective on, mm-hmm. um, or or a un- unique point of entry to CrossFit. Like you both had people that you knew for a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. your wife, your coworker, that have been talking to you about it, um, and so you went in with your eyes perhaps a little bit more open than than some. Um, were there, were there any reservations? Um, you know, did you have, um, any trepidation about trying CrossFit based on anything that you had heard from sources other than your, your closest counterparts? Um, if you're thinking about CrossFit, your best bet, honestly, is just to go to a gym. Because if Mm. you Google CrossFit, if you YouTube CrossFit, you're looking at the elite athletes and that is scary. When you see what the elites can do. You think of, wow, like, there's no way I can do that. There's no way I can get to that level. True. But 99% of us can't. Yeah. Um, So I think the biggest thing for me was just learning that everything is scalable to what your ability is. There's a scaled exercise. So it's attainable for everybody. If you go to, I noticed it more in the open because I think that's when I started following them. But the CrossFit um, YouTube page and the CrossFit Instagram, their their Facebook page, right? All the main they highlight feeds. more um, disabled athletes. They hire you know people who are not in the best shape. Mm-hmm. So you can really see how it's attainable for everybody and how it translates. Mm-hmm. You know, there was I think an eighty ninety year old woman. They were she was taking CrossFit so that if she fell, she could get up off the floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like it really, and hearing Dave Castro talk about how CrossFit is for everybody, you know, you see the elites and that's absolutely amazing to see what they can do, but that's not necessarily what CrossFit is, but CrossFit is for everybody. Right. 
you know, it's attainable for everybody, no matter your health level, your skill level, your physical abilities, there's a way to modify everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people don't get. They look at it. I had a lot of people say to me, why are you starting with CrossFit? You know, I had, I was probably 235, 240 pounds when I started CrossFit. And everybody said, it's, why are you doing that? It's so intense. It's so this, it's so that, but it's really not. It's made to be hard. It's supposed yeah. to be hard. Hmm. You know, if you're not challenging yourself, you're not going to grow. Some of it is, yeah. I mean, it's there's a, there's a misperception there, too, that, you know, starting in CrossFit means that you're automatically doing everything like the elites are doing. Uh, I mean, I don't quite understand why people um, make that association because that's yeah. like saying, well... I want to play hockey, therefore I'm going to the NHL tomorrow. I mean, exactly. <laughs> it exactly. doesn't work that way. No. You yeah. you play to your ability, you play to your athletic ability, and, and you find peers that are also similarly working to their mm-hmm. athletic ability, and, and that's what the CrossFit gym environment really is like. And there, yes, there are people that are on every end of the spectrum um, within a gym that still don't even approach what some of these elite athletes are yeah. able to do. Um, but you, but you do get to see a, an assortment of different levels of, of athletic ability and, and people that have certain skills in the gym that not everyone has. And, and so you, you get to see a bit of a mix of everything that not only you're doing now, but things that you'll ultimately be able to do once you put in enough time and, mm. and you gain the fitness that will get you there. What was, is there, is there any one skill that, at at the very beginning of your CrossFit journey, you, you either saw or knew of that you didn't think you would get to that you already have now. I didn't think I was going to get, get the overhead snatch. <laughs> right. It's hard still, but I mean, just didn't think I was going to be able to get it. So being able to do it, granted not really heavy, uh, depressed enough for me, even just yeah. being able to repeatedly do a squat. That's one thing I had difficulties. I remember out. when you first started, squatting with weight was mm. challenging, and now you seem very comfortable with it. I couldn't even get into a low squat. Like I literally felt that my knees just wouldn't bend far enough, and I realized not only did I need to kind of stretch out more, but I definitely need to work on that aspect because I didn't have the flexibility. I wasn't there yet, and there's still a lot of aspects that uh, are hard for me just because I'm not flexible like a lot of the other athletes or like a lot of the other people at the gym are. But yeah, I'm continuing to work on them and just, you know, take it day by day and yeah. um, kind of echoing what Amanda said. I have really no short-term goals. It's just all long-term. Anything that I can't do now, I'm assuming I'm going to be able to do in six months. So I think uh, Kate and I decided we're going to be able to do a chest to bar yeah. in six months' time. Yeah, I got to make sure I can do that in six months because mm-hmm. I don't want to be the one that can't. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be able to do a pull-up. Um, for me, it's the cardio. So the, <clears throat> the lifting part, once I got the technique down, has never been a massive challenge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my legs are strong, my arms not so much, but it's a work in progress. But the, it's the cardio aspect for me, that, and it still is the most challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was just anything that was high cardio, anything that really taxed your lungs. Right. Um, in the beginning, I really had a challenge with. Um, but a lot of it was kind of mind over matter. Um, I got to a point in the open kind of helped with that because especially 18.1 with the rowing and just the nonstop for 20 minutes, 
I realized that just because I'm <clears throat> working at breathing doesn't mean I'm going to die because I'm still breathing. So I'm okay. Right. <laughs> like, so I had to change my mindset. But anything cardio is honestly the biggest and is the, still the biggest challenge for me. Um, but it was, I don't know. I think when I started, I was most afraid to hurt myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I got past that, I think I was okay. Yeah. But like, you know, the first day I could do a push up. Mm. I mean, I can only do two, <laughs> but I couldn't do any before. Exactly. So yeah, no, it's, I don't know. I guess I never went into it with the mindset. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I just have to work towards it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely a lot that's still a challenge. Um, and they said chest to bar, but I want to get pull-ups. I think it was 18.3 where everybody got hung up. Yeah. On the muscle-ups and the, for me, pull-ups. Pull-ups in the scale, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So... I would like to get pull-ups and do a redo mm-hmm. because that is one thing. The only disappointment in the open is that one skill held me back. Right. But no, I'm just along for the ride. I'm having fun. I'm not. Now, even outside. So you raise an interesting element that, that CrossFit brings, um, you know, outside of the physical milestones that you achieve as you're progressing through CrossFit. Um, you know, one of those uh, unsung heroes in, in that that overall progress that people make is the mental strength that mm. they wind up getting because they're constantly testing themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, have you have you felt that, experienced that along the way, found yourself, you know, realizing that, that your mental strength has increased as time has gone on as well? Well, as Amanda mentioned, 18.1, the cardio one. Uh for me, uh, I could tell that it increased just because I was able to get through the actual 20, 20 minutes. That was a 20 minute workout. Yeah, yeah, that was hard. Minute, that was brutal to me. And the fact yeah. that I got through the end, yeah. I was impressed with myself. That yeah. was the first time I was like, wow, I actually did it. Yeah. And then I realized, yeah, like a lot of this is, is definitely a mental game. If yeah. I was sitting at fit for less, I wouldn't have gone 20 minutes. I would have been like, yeah, four minutes, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then that would have been it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, you definitely, especially with the open. Because even though for me, I don't know how you feel, mm. myself, I'm the only one I'm competing against, right? So I just wanted to do the best that I could do and meet the goals that I personally had set for myself. Right. Um, so I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like the whole mental thing, like when I had a treadmill, mm. I'd run on it for a couple of minutes, it would get fast and I'd be like, oh, that's good. And feel great because I <laughs> ran on the treadmill for five minutes. Yeah. But that was 20 minutes of hard, hard work. And just the mental, the satisfaction of knowing that I got through that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't give up. And like the open just forces you to push yourself. Mm-hmm. And that kind of made me realize I can push myself in class harder than I have been. That's what I've noticed too, that I don't think I've pushed myself as hard as I could have in class because I know I pushed myself to the limits during the Open. Yeah. And uh, my goal was just to, well, my goal was not to give up. That was my goal and not to fall flat on my face. <laughs> yeah. Well, you achieved both. So <laughs> pretty close. That's pretty good. I came pretty close to falling flat on my face. Though. <laughs> it's all right. Close is not. You didn't do it. <laughs> So does that does that then translate into added confidence going back into the regular class schedule now that the open is oh, over? Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, knowing that you can push yourself that much further to, to get those results. I mean, when it comes to certain movements in the classes, that you're like, oh, I just can't do them. Like you'll push a little further just so I can probably 
do the movement that's less scaled. I want to call it that. I wouldn't call it RX just yet, but I'll call it a less, less scaled. scaled. Um, for sure. What kind of support for your CrossFit journey have you had from whether it's family, friends, coworkers, um, people in the gym, the coaches? Like, wh- where do you draw your support so that you you can coaches keep making progress? <laughs> My six AM crew and all the coaches, yourself included. I mean, that's kind of encouragement that goes a long way. Uh, there's people, coworkers at my work that, well, they always tell me that I'm looking better or doing better. And uh, I'm always encouraging them to join me in, <laughs> in a class. Yeah, and drag them along. Any of them come along. <laughs> I think that, now, I never have going to, like, fit for last any of those big box gyms. Um, never feeling comfortable enough, aside from the self-motivation that I don't have. Um, but I find at the CrossFit gym, it's really a unique environment because everybody's striving to do the best that they can do to hit those PRs to do every, but they're all supporting you at the same time. Mm. There's not that mentality of dragging you down, you know, to Mm. build themselves up. I find like, it's probably somebody said once, you know, they do it for the high fives, Mm. you know, everybody's so encouraging. I walked in the most out of shape, you know, and. I'm huffing and puffing and everybody's still going and I'm taking 20 minutes to do something everybody else is doing in 10, but they're all still there. They're all still clapping and encouraging. And, Mm. you know, so I find that very motivating. Um, now my family and friends are still, you know, everybody likes my Facebook posts and everybody says, you're looking great. You're doing great, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think they understand what CrossFit is. So Mm. they're supporting my journey, but they don't necessarily understand it. I don't think. Um, so for me, it comes from the CrossFit gym because if that was not as supportive I can walk into any class with complete strangers and not feel awkward at all, mm-hmm. which I don't think you could say going into, you know, any other style gym. I, right. I mean, I could be wrong, but like, it's just that welcoming environment, especially for me where, you know, I'm out of shape. I still have 50, 60 pounds to lose. Like I'm, you know, I'm not at the end of my journey yet. Not right. that I'll ever truly be, but you know, I'm, I'm still very much in the middle of it, Right. but there's no judgment. There's yeah. no, you know, nobody's ever given me a look or said anything or been anything other than completely welcoming and encouraging. And like, it's just a really great environment. Yeah. And it's just really, it's almost addictive, Mm -hmm. you know? And there's like everybody there too kind of shares in each other's triumphs. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, even when uh, Grace did her first muscle, everybody was cheering her on. Yeah. That was a really cool moment. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it can be something extreme like that or it can be just being able to do your first push up. Everybody's everybody's really excited that you're able to do it now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's really, it's really remarkable because it's just something that everybody in CrossFit seems to have, regardless of whether you're a beginner or you've been doing it for five or six years. Yeah, it's it's a supportive culture, isn't it? I mean, it's and it's not. I mean, you know, it's it's easy to say, well, it's the culture in a specific gym, but I don't. It it's certainly it in my experience, be. it's not limited to our gym. I mean. No. You know, the the gym that we attend is special in its own right, but the the CrossFit community in general, um, I've found to be supportive across the board. Um, I've visited about 20 different gyms now um, just for one or two classes, uh, and the the atmosphere is subtly different in in certain ways because, you know, it takes takes cues from the personalities of whoever's leading the class and and so forth, But, but the community itself seems to have that that really rock hard, um, value of everybody's accepted. Everybody's doing the work. 
Um, You know, everybody's successes should be celebrated regardless of what those successes are because they're not all going to be at the same level. Um, And that's something that I know I gravitated towards when I started. And and it it does seem to be the thing that's resonating in the people that are coming through the door over the last year and even in the last few months um, that we've seen at Osprey anyway. People are, are really excited. I mean, the fact that we had several athletes sign up for the open the day after they finished their intro classes. I mean, yes, that, I didn't realize that, that she really had surprised just started. Me. I knew awesome. she was new. I know there's mm. one for sure. There were three that, three. that all finished wow. the same class with me on the Friday night. They walked next door to watch people during the first heats of the open and they did the open the next day. Wow. They were See, that I, I don't think I, I don't think I would have had, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't think I would have made through it. Honestly, in the beginning, there's no way I could have done it, mm. but that's impressive. Well, I, I almost didn't sign up this year. Yeah, in fact, uh, when I did, I'm kind of I'm, I did because I wanted the baseline for next year. But mm-hmm. uh, overall, if I'd known there been if I didn't sign up and known later on that there was like three people that signed up the day after they finished the fundamentals, <laughs> I would have been so embarrassed. <laughs> That's impressive, though. Honestly, yeah, I don't wow. think I could have done that. I mean, I, physically, I don't think I could have done it. Honestly, but for me, it was that whole. I just wanted to see from this year to next year my progression. Yeah. Next year, I'm hoping my goal for next year is to be able to RX at least one of them. Yeah, and but, that's, that's um, a good goal to set. Um, yeah, like I just wanted a baseline, and I wanted. I'm glad I did. Mm-hmm. A lot of people said do it, and I really doubted it. I signed up. I think the Thursday before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm really happy that I did because it just gives you that confidence to know, you know, you're on the right track. You can get through the workouts because <laughs> I <laughs> doubted possible. that. I doubted that too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I felt like throwing up before each and every one of them, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I survived. I was like a deer in the headlights, but when beforehand, and then as soon as the clock hit zero, I was okay. And I just went right out the workout. Well, it's just, you kind of go on autopilot, like your brain yeah. shuts off. Cause you don't even have to count. There's somebody counting for you. So it's you true. just do it. You almost wish you had a judge for every class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You fact, just shut your brain off and go. I tried counting and I lost count. And then I just yeah. started over again from one and just used that to kind of keep my pace. Yeah. But yeah, I completely forgot what number I was on. Yeah. 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 So it was, it, it was really good. Really good. Was there, was there any, uh, one workout when, when it was announced that you thought, Oh, oh. Was there any of them give you oh, any any second all of them? No, I was freaking out. After I suppose that is kind time. of the way, right? Um, 18.3 was the only one for me that I was really like because uh, you knew you, because I couldn't yeah. do pull ups and I, right. I tried. I think yeah. I had, I think I had how long was the workout? 14 minutes, 14 minutes. I think I, I think had nine something yeah. left to try and get it. And I tried, yeah. and but that's all I could do was try. I knew I wouldn't get it. My arms are just not strong enough yet, yeah. Um, but that was probably the one I was most relaxed for because mm-hmm. I knew exactly what I was going to get before I went into it. Right. Um, the one with the burpees. What was that? 18-2? The one? Yeah. Um, burpees are a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. But my only goal with that one, just keep moving. Right. Even if, it, like I knew the squats wouldn't be an issue. Um, yeah. It was the burpees because they're so taxing physically. Mm-hmm. But I learned I could do 10 burpees unbroken. Nice. <laughs> so... <Yeah. laughs> There's that. And I mean, my only goal with that one was to have enough time to get a clean in. Mm. And I had like, what did I finish that? I think I finished it in 10 minutes and something. So I had enough time to have a little break and get a few cleans in. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. They were all good. It was nice too, to have uh, people there cheering you on. 
like just shouting, keep going, or don't stop, just keep moving. Those kind of uh, yeah, those things that that helps a lot. Just 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 have people say that in the background, you know. Yeah, that's one so. thing I noticed though. Other gyms, like so, I watch a lot of YouTube, and I found yeah. a lot of now these are YouTube, so obviously it's not a wide selection of gyms. Yeah. But I noticed a lot of gyms don't have people who come and watch people perform the open. So they don't have that kind of cheering squad in the background. At least the videos that I watched. Some do, some don't. It all depends. Um, It it certainly seems like all of the gyms in our immediate area all seem to have their entire community get together in force and and support each other doing the workouts. Which is awesome. There are some gyms that I've seen in the States that will actually do like theme days that will be part of their their workouts. But these are very, very large yeah. affiliates with three, 400 members. So wow. I mean, it's, it's easy for them to scrape up a couple dozen people to be just watching yeah. uh, mm-hmm. when you're drawing from that number of people. Um, you know, we had 47 registered for the Open this year, um, which is... Not quite half the membership, but it's it's a decent percentage. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everybody went at it over the course of four days. Most of it was clustered on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But there were mm-hmm. other people that had to do it earlier in the day or, or late on fr- on Monday just to be able to squeeze it in. And, yeah. and um, you know, it's always challenging scheduling mm-hmm. for any gym to be able to get that done and still maintain the regular workout schedule, too. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot, but it was it was great that everybody came out and cheered and and what I think I was most impressed about is I heard a lot of people say, "Well, I can't do a push-up." So, like the hand release push-ups and right. I said, "You know, you might surprise yourself." And they did it. There were a lot of people that got their first push-ups. And they really got surprised their first themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's a mental game, right? As yeah. soon as you stop telling yourself, "It can't," you might be able to do something. Yeah. Well, then sometimes you just don't think you can do it, so you don't try. Yeah. Yeah. Like the day that I discovered I could do two push ups in a row, I think Isaac was teaching and he said, We'll do as many, you know, regular push ups and then switch to your knees. And I said, Well, I don't think I can do any, but we're going to give it a go. And I did two. And I was like, What was that? (laughs) But I just assumed I couldn't. So I never tried. Yeah. You know, so I think it's that whole mental game, getting out of your own head and just trying. You might not be able to do it, but you have to, like, I want to pull up. I've never really been working towards pull-ups because I never thought I could do it. Mm-hmm. So now that I want to redo 18-3, I'm going to, well, my schedule's a little less crazy, mm-hmm. start really trying to work at getting a pull-up so that I can redo it. Yeah. But it's it's definitely a mental game, I think. We need to get out of our own heads sometimes and just try. Yeah. So you talked about the fact that you changed your... your um your nutrition even before you started yeah. with CrossFit. So what did you change about your nutrition uh, going in and did, did you, did you subsequently wind up having to change it at all to adapt to your new fitness schedule? Um, yes and no. I'm not a big breakfast eater. So I go to the seven fifteen or 10 o'clock class. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did have to start eating breakfast because I discovered very quickly <clears throat> without food, you cannot, I cannot make it through a workout. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I had changed it. I didn't find I had to change it. There's still things I need to change. Um, it's still a work in progress. Um, but like i almost embarrassed to admit how I used to eat. Um, like I used to get a nice coffee and a muffin on my way to work. And then I'd eat all morning and I'd have gummy worms and gummy bears were my favorite. And chocolate bars and chips. And it was obscene the amount of junk food I was eating. I was hypoglycemic all over the place. And it was just... A mess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I changed that probably about a month prior. So I just ate more meat, more 
vegetables, um, not a lot of fruit because it's high in sugar, um, fruit in the morning. But um, I found I didn't have to change a lot once I started CrossFit. Now, I think I could still probably change it a lot. Um, I know I need more protein. There's things that I know I need. Um, but I'm kind of winging it as I go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I started by basically just cutting out all the, the crap. So the changes you, you had already made are, are largely fueling your workouts. You just had to adjust the, the idea that you had to eat before that workout occurred. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, there's foods I still won't eat. Um, but yeah, I, did, I found for me because I was eating fairly well when I started as compared to what I was a month prior. Um, I didn't have to change it a lot other than eating. Um, now I do try to eat something higher in protein than I would have normally had for breakfast. Mm. Um, but other than that, not really. Maybe a few more carbs um, just to fuel my, my workout. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I didn't, no drastic changes when I started. Yeah. But I had made those changes prior. Well, it's good. I mean, starting. you know, it, it, in some respects it saved you the, the headache of trying to change a whole bunch of things at the same time, yeah. um, you know, because just adapting your body, uh, reacting to the sudden change in your in your activity level uh, alone could have wiped you out had you not already cleaned up your your diet. I, I couldn't have done it the other way um, because I was eating such a high carb diet. I was eating an obscene amount of sugar um, when I first cut out because I cut it out almost overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, so I felt like absolute garbage for the first few weeks because my body was just, it was not used to not having sugar and carbs and all right. that garbage. So uh, there's no way I could have gone to the gym at the same time that I did that. Yeah. And eating the way I was, there's no way I would have had the energy to maintain a workout at the gym. So for me, it kind of happened in the proper order. Um, I, I couldn't have done one without the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gareth, have you found that, you know, in order to fuel your your workout regimen now, you've had to make any other changes? Well, I find that I need, like I say, the protein definitely, and sometimes I need to throw in some carbs just to have that extra energy to do the, the workout that's needed. But yeah. uh, for me, yeah, I mean, I used to have junk food. For me, it was like chips and beer, like a lot of times, and pretty much cut all that stuff out. I uh, still have beer, obviously, <laughs> here and there, but... Yeah, I was never a sugar person, so I don't really have a problem with the sugar stuff. Yeah, See, uh, my biggest problem, my biggest feat was <clears throat> I work too much. Like mm -hmm. I put in a lot of hours. I can put in a twelve-hour stretch and not a big deal, right? So by being a little bit of a workaholic, uh, sort of cut way to like my had virtually no exercise at all, which right. is what was killing me. So when I first started doing. CrossFit, that's why everything was so sore for so long. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, it's a desk job, right? So yeah. it's like there's no there's no activity level required within yes, the job. Yes, but I'd also so. be doing overtime and yeah. that kind of thing. So it just kept going and going and going and going. Yeah. Um, the most exercise I got was going from my office to the car and the car back to the house and then back right. upstairs in my office. That sort of thing. So, yeah, but uh, in terms of actual food, yeah, I did have to make some, some changes to – Sort of be able to handle the workout, and I definitely had to start eating before the the morning the morning workout because I just couldn't handle it. Yeah, you, know, you can't really like you can't really skimp on your diet, and you can't eat like say for example if I'm out like partying with some friends and I have like a 
too many to drink the next morning if I have to go to CrossFit, I will be in so much agony. <laughs> so knowing that ahead of time, if I have CrossFit the next morning, I'm like, okay, I'm going to either cut back or not go to it all before. It's one of those things that mm-hmm. kind of naturally winds up curbing certain behaviors mm-hmm. because you you know that it has consequences. Yeah. Um, I, I've certainly found that myself. I, I've had considerably less beer than I than I ever thought I would in the space of a year because it's just uh, I'm constantly thinking about okay either I'm coaching or I'm in class the next morning or both <laughs> so you know one way or the other yeah. it, it's it it's just gonna it's gonna be a detriment mm. and um, so I, I wind up having to gauge whether or not it's really worth it yeah uh, time more often it. than not it's nah. Yeah. And I find for me, like there's goals I want to meet. I want to be able to do push-ups and eventually muscle-ups and all this. For me to do them at the weight I'm at, yeah, I probably could eventually. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a whole lot easier. Right. If you're thinner or lighter. If I'm thinner, if I'm lighter. And I mean, <laughs> yeah. just health-wise, obviously. Yeah. Because for me, it's not necessarily about the number on the scale. It's about being functional and healthy Absolutely. as I can be in life. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's nicer to buy smaller size clothes. But at the end of the day, I want to be healthy and yeah. I want to be strong. I work in, like I said, I work in healthcare. I need my body to function. Yeah. Um, so for me, that kind of keeps me on track because I know, you know, like I slipped up over Christmas and ate my face off for two or three days and gained a few pounds, which was fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's Christmas. Um, got right back on track, which is fine. Um, but I know if I continue to do that and I slip off my diet and I start gaining weight back, for me to go to CrossFit and to continue to progress is not going to happen. And if I eat garbage food, I'm not making it through the workout. I'm not going to be able to perform and my body's just not going to function the way it should function. So for me, it's very motivating. One kind of motivates the other. So CrossFit motivates me to stay on my diet. My diet kind of helps with CrossFit because I feel good. Yeah. You know, like mentally, physically, I'm more alert. I'm less foggy. There's probably the lack of sugar in my diet. (laughs) But like, it's just, I don't know. I think people don't understand too, the mental health factor of just being as unhealthy as I was. Right. Um, For me mentally, a thousand times better than I was. Like I, I think I said initially, I probably would have been diagnosed depressed and put on medication seven months ago. Cause I had days where I just didn't want to get out of bed. I'd lay in bed and I thought that's okay. I work on my feet all day. I'm in school. I'm busy. Yeah. So, you know, having a day where you're laying in bed all day watching Netflix is acceptable. Well, not really. You know, everybody yeah. needs that downtime. We sacrifice more than we realize um, with the, the that negative lifestyle. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's a cycle that's hard to break. Well, and you can't. And so when you do break it, it's it, that's why it's addictive, I think. Yeah. Because you realize just what kind of a positive impact it has. Yeah. And so you start seeing it. Um, and you start feeling the changes. Yeah. You know? In every aspect of your life. Like say, yeah. like there was days when I was like, oh, I'm going get to get up out of the chair. And this is after being CrossFit for a while. So when I got up out of the chair from doing all these squats, I just sprang out of my chair and I realized that was a little too much effort. So I got to stop doing that. But another thing that motivates me with CrossFit is uh, all the effort that I've already put into it. There was a time when I sprained my ankle and I was out for like a week and a half, two weeks. And it was hard to get back into it. Mm. I found all the movements that I had suddenly thought were a little bit easier because I've been working at it where I felt like I was back at day one again, starting them from scratch. So there's that motivation of fear for me that I don't want to stop because I'm afraid that if I start again, it's going to be brutal just to get back into it. Yeah. 
So, yeah, you feel like you're going to lose that progress that you've made. Yeah, so even over Christmas, uh, I still went to the 6 a.m. classes. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to keep my schedule. I don't want to, I don't want to change my my um, my routine. Yeah. Yeah, the only time I don't go, I only go Monday to Friday, not normally on the weekends, because I only get every other weekend off. Right. Um, so, hopefully, when I'm done school soon and I get a new job, my CrossFit schedule will be a little more consistent. Yeah. But... So I don't, I've had maybe three or four days since I started where I've said, you know what, like, I just, I can't do it today. Like, I need a break. And I feel guilty. And I probably shouldn't because I don't like that feeling. But like he said, you almost feel like you're going to lose that progress. Like, if you miss that class, you're going to be one step back from where you would have been had you gone to the class. So I really, I try not to think that way because sometimes, like, I try to just remind myself, like, I am busy. Like right now I'm juggling work and clinical at the same time. And so like, these are my only two days off today and tomorrow for the next week. Yeah. I'm going to be tired next week. So I'll probably miss Wednesday's class because, but I need to allow myself that break. And recovery is part of the workout. Yeah. And and, I mean, take it from me. I've overdone it on occasion. (laughs) Uh, You know, there are times when you have to recognize, particularly as you age, I mean, as master's athletes, you you have to be even more mindful of of the fact that recovery is an important part of making that progress. If, if your body doesn't have enough time to adapt to the workout that you just did, because you work out, you know, that same afternoon for a second time, or you work out first thing in the morning the next day, and you're doing just as heavy, just as many reps, etc. Your body never gets a chance to actually be fruitful with the yeah. adaptation that you're asking of it when you do that heavy workout. Um, so, you know, having those times off, not excessive time off, no. but enough time off that you really do get that adaptation within the muscles, within your mind to, to be able to progress. Um, it's important to make sure that that's part of your overall schedule as well. That's something I've often thought about. Uh, a lot of people that I go to, to the uh, 6 a.m. class with, they go every day of the week, mm. and plus uh, plus the master class on, on Sunday, so six out of seven days, And whereas I go Monday, uh, Wednesday, Friday, and, the, and then the master class on Sunday. So I kind of take the, uh, the, the Tuesday and Thursday as well as the Saturday off, so... For me, like I keep thinking, well, maybe I should do more. But then at the same time, I'm also worried that if I overdo it, I could hurt myself and then yeah. set yeah. myself back even further. So yeah. I, I keep wondering how much time do I really need for recovery and whether or not I've progressed enough. Is that enough or do I need to let it it's keep a, on my schedule? It's certainly a balance. I mean, part yeah. of it depends on programming and, and part of it depends on um, how strictly you adhere to the way that the programming is, to the periodization that's in the programming um, you know, if, if the idea is that, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're supposed to squat and those squats are at 80% mm-hmm. and you do 80% each of those times, well then that, that's a, a significant amount of work. Mm-hmm. Um, if you never approach that percentage. So, I mean, there are, there are some athletes that just out of a combination of, um, uh, being cautious to make sure that they don't hurt themselves, which mm-hmm. is certainly a, a valid consideration for any athlete. Um, or they're, they're just not. The, the sort to push themselves quite to the same degree as some of us will, mm. they'll stay well south of, of the, the prescribed percentage in order to maintain that ability to go every day rather than go, you know, four or five days a week. So mm-hmm. it, it, it is a bit of a balancing act. Everyone winds up having to um, apply their own discipline and, and their own thought process to how much they can really take. 
and some of it is is um, you know decisions that you make on your own. Some of it is in talking to your classmates, talking to your coaches, talking mm. to the people that are doing the programming to find out what the what the intent is in, mm. in the workload for the week to understand. Because you know the the workload as it's written is meant to complement that entire schedule and not everybody goes all those five days so if you pick and choose the days that you go because it suits your schedule and you happen to hit the days that are heavy and the light days are not part of your schedule (laughs) then you're not getting quite the same time off that somebody that's alternating a little bit will get so you'll you'll have to adjust so it it is that's certainly a consideration for for everybody particularly i've wondered if i've missed things on those two days during the week that i should have been doing or because I feel like, oh, I haven't done snatches in forever. Right. Thank God. But. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's one, one of, person yeah. who loves snatches. That's one of the challenges too. Is that the programming could have mm. some repetition on it. If mm. you pick, if you pick Thursdays as your day off, and yeah. Thursdays happen to be in a couple weeks in a row when snatches come up, then you may not see snatches for two months. Uh, I've, I've had that happen because I can you know, go Wednesday, it's rare. Thursday mm. one week and Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Friday the next. So I've had it happen where I haven't done something for like two months. Yeah. Some of it is a matter of how the programming is is um, varied from week to week to, to prevent somebody that from missing, you know, if, if they do miss the same day of the week uh, every week, that, oh, that particular movement doesn't mm-hmm. get repeated. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. It just, it kind of depends. Um, but that's that's definitely something that you want to try to to smooth out in your schedule as well. So mm-hmm. there isn't a critical skill that you just don't get enough practice with. Yeah. And there's uh, uh, the other thing too, um, I was going to say, uh, in terms of the actual uh, workload, like um, you mentioned before, someone does 60 versus 80, say I go in and do 80. A lot of the times I don't feel the, the effect in terms of like being sore until like a day later. So I, I, I technically speaking, uh, I can get up um, the following Tuesday after the previous uh, Monday morning's workout and feel fine. Mm-hmm. But then, like come noon, I'm so all of a sudden I'm starting to feel Monday's workout. Yeah. So then I'm like, well, maybe I, kind of a good thing I didn't do this morning's <laughs> workout. So there's still that. So I, I'm still curious as to whether or not that should play a uh, have a factor in my decision to do more or less or. Yeah, yeah second, think, second day soreness is always worse. <laughs> always worse. I'll just feel like, well, I think I should just try do it like three or four consecutive days and see what happens. That's come to, some of the times so I think maybe I should try, or if I throw an extra day in, that kind of thing. I don't know. It's it's more or less a kind of trial and error, I guess, at this point. But. It is, and you have to have the discipline to hold yourself back on those days when you know that you like treat treat it as active recovery if you wind up doing an extra workout and so you deliberately lighten the load just to get the movement in and get the full range of motion um but you know don't push yourself to the same degree or make make the focus on the cardio rather than the weight Mm. and you know because alternating between strength and and metabolic conditioning because from day to day the workouts can be um really intense on Monday, but really lax on Tuesday and vice versa. Because I've heard people say, oh, yesterday's workout, which is brutal. I'm like, well, I didn't go yesterday's. I went to Monday's and it wasn't that bad. So. <laughs> and then Wednesday comes along it's, and it's okay again. So am I missing out? Am I sort of glad that I didn't go Tuesday? Well, and one person's <laughs> very tough workout is another person's <laughs> easy workout, too. So True, it all, it all depends on... We've all got our strengths. It really depends. It really does depend, too. Because sometimes, yeah, they're all like really hard. Yeah, <laughs> they're supposed to be hard, is what I keep telling myself. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm not, crossfit I'm is not easy, growing. You're doing it wrong. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so when you when you each finished eighteen point five, knowing that it was the last open of the work, the, the last workout of the open, mm. um, what went through your mind as you, as you were finishing the workout? Beyond oh crap, the <laughs> seven minutes is finally over. Uh, I was a little bit relieved that I was able to complete the open, and I was definitely glad that I uh, decided to sign up because. Um, there was that reservation of whether or not I could do any of this stuff because even though there was technically speaking a scaled version, I didn't know what mm. that scale would be and nobody would until, until the announcement. No, and it changes year to year too. So, yeah. you know, like last year, pull-ups were not a minimum standard for scaled. Mm. Every, like jumping pull-ups were the minimum standard for that particular movement. But literally, so as soon as 18.5 was over and I yeah. covered, <laughs> uh, I was thinking, now I can't wait for Murph. <laughs> <laughs> It's good, you know. The competitive juices get all fired up, and and then you start looking at the calendar, going, "All right, what's next?" Mm. Yeah, exactly. I was sad it was over because I really enjoyed the open. I'm really glad I signed up. It's an exciting period for sure. And I was just—I think I was so excited. I hit my goal with eighteen five that I wasn't even really focused on the open is over. But it was kind of bittersweet because I I wanted to get into the set of eighteen. And I made it 11 thrusters, I think, into the 18. So I was beyond happy with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was kind of sad it was over. I mean, it, it's kind of stressful. You get that nervousness. You know, you're excited the workout's open. And then you spend days stressing about it till you actually do it. And, but mm-hmm. the sense of accomplishment, I think, for me, and the validation that I'm on the right track. I'm making progress. I made it through these workouts that six months ago, there's no way I could have made it through any of them, right. much less all five. Right. Well, with the exception of 18.3. <laughs> but, I mean, it would have even the skipping. It was 100 single unders. I probably oh, yeah. would have taken yeah, 10 minutes right. to do 100 single unders. Yeah. So, because for me, it's like I just five seconds and I couldn't breathe. So, I mean, just the fact that I made it through 200 single unders. Yeah. And I, I mean, it was a huge deal. I can see that too because uh, I was proud of myself when I had to do the single unders because I literally did 100 unbroken. That yeah, was I was like going to say, you, you, you did 100. Like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> and it was funny because when I went to the personal training, uh, uh, the trainer was like, oh, so when's the last time you, uh, you did skipping? And I'm like, grade three? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I did not actually skip since then and um, I was blown away by the fact that I was able to do uh like several, even 50 unbroken. And then when I, when the actual open came, I think that the, the best I had was like 60 unbroken, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I managed to do all 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it pushes mm-hmm. you. Because you, like for me, because I knew that that 220 was going to be my score. So I wanted to try and get a decent time because that was the tiebreaker. Right. Um, so I was pushing myself. I didn't <clears> do as well as I, I had hoped. But again, skipping is still a, a skill I'm, I'm working on. Um, but I was like super proud. And I think it taught me too, and I think it's kind of shown up. It probably shows up every open, but this is my first. But work on your weaknesses. So a lot of people mm. were upset they couldn't do that. <clears throat> ring muscle ups were first. Well, why haven't you been working on them the whole year? Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? So it's work on those strengths and actively work on those strengths, not just say, "Well, I'd like to do pull ups," but never actually work towards a pull up. Yeah. So I think it taught me that too. Like just really push for what I need to do 
you know, to, to further myself, don't get comfortable. Don't say, mm-hmm. well, I can do this good, so I'm just going to keep doing this. It definitely Move gives to the you next some things to shoot for. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 Because you can set goals. And like I said, I want to I want to redo 18.3. We'll see if it happens. But And it's funny because it's, it's only a small cross-section of skills that we use every day mm. in, in CrossFit classes. Um, they're skills that are sort of seen as, as being the prototypical skills for CrossFit. I mean, pull-ups and, and any of the barbell movements are, are considered to be core movements in CrossFit. But there's several other things that, that came up that you know people weren't necessarily prepared for or something like handstand push-ups when the, when the standard changes. Yeah. It's not that anybody got taller or shorter. It's that you know the expectation of having a straight back while against the wall was made that much more critical to the movement yeah. because of the movement standard. Yeah. Um, and so those are all things that now we, we go for the rest of the year going, all right, well, we should be really being very strict on that and, and making yeah. sure that we don't have a U-shaped back yeah. uh, when we're doing a, a handstand push-up because extension of our arms isn't the only priority. Mm. <laughs> and so, praying it doesn't change next year. <laughs> that's for sure. Mm. <laughs> That's- so what what would you, if somebody was asking you, okay, so um, l- let's say somebody at work or, or another colleague um, over the next little while, now that you've been through the open and, and so you've been able to see both the competitive aspect and it's more the personal competition than anything um, mixed with your everyday class schedule and what it's meant to your, to your lifestyle and, and how it's changed the way that, that you have. Uh, that, that you're looking at the way that things are going for you in your life. How would how would all of that over the last six to nine months inform what you would tell someone about? You know why why should they take fitness seriously? Whether they do CrossFit or not is a whole separate argument to make with them. But I mean, mm. there's reasons that you like CrossFit. How how would you? describe CrossFit in a way that would convince someone that that is something that would be worth trying as opposed to the traditional, um, you know, low impact, low, low yield, low result kind of (laughs) approach. I mean, it takes a very disciplined person to walk into, um, you know, one of these globo gyms and come up with their own programming um, and or they have to have deep pockets to get someone else to do the programming for yeah. them in that environment, in which mm-hmm. case maybe they should more seriously be looking at, at the group environment. And, and one-on-one personal training in that environment isn't going to get them the, camar- the camaraderie that they get it's not the in same the CrossFit push. environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think it would just be explaining honestly what it's done for me. So like running on a treadmill... That's great. Most people go to these big gyms and they have no idea what they're doing. So they run on a treadmill or a stair machine or an elliptical. And yeah, like your cardio strength might be great. Maybe you could run a marathon, but how strong is your body? Mm. And for me, that's the biggest thing is my body is, is stronger. So I can, especially like I said, healthcare, I'm rolling people, I'm helping people up. I'm, it's a very physical job for me. Right. Um, I'm not as tired at the end of 12 hours as I used to be. I'm not like it's translated into my life in ways that I never even thought about. I can take the stairs at work and I'm not huffing and puffing. I can, you know, have the stamina to do my housework and not have a nap. And like, it's just, I don't, and the mental, the mental aspect I think is, is the biggest for me. Um, the confidence it gives you, I think just, you know, the endorphins and everything it releases, I think are are good for your brain health. Um, 
Like, I just think, I, I don't even know how to put it into words, really. Like, it's just, like, it's had such a positive impact on everything. It keeps me motivated to eat healthy. Um, it keeps me just motivated. Like, it's, you know, my my head feels better. My, my mental health feels a thousand times better than it did. And that's what I try to explain to people. It's not just about looking a certain way. It's how you feel. Mm-hmm. Can you get out of bed every morning? Are you happy? Are you, you know, all these things in life that you don't realize how unhappy and unhealthy you are until you get to the other side and you realize, you know, I could barely walk and hold a conversation. I could barely get through a 12 hour shift. My feet would be so sore by the end of the day. My back hurt, you know, I had constant headaches, like just all those ways that it's changed my life. And I mean, I just, I don't even know how to, I mean, people probably think I'm crazy, but (laughs) like, because I try to explain it to people. I said, if you realized how much better you felt after doing it, yes, you're sore, but it just gives you so much confidence and you're physically stronger. You're mentally stronger. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, it translates, I think, into all aspects of your life. You you, uh, in particular have been very candid um, in your Facebook posts about uh, the progress that you've made and how you feel about the community and and the value that, that you think you get out of it. Yeah. Um, so that that was one of the reasons I very quickly identified that I wanted to have you on yeah. the podcast. I think it literally saved my it. life. I think at I, one point I would have been diabetic. I would have, you know, had all those health issues that being obese brings. I was right. lucky that I'm not. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it was far down the road. And mm-hmm. working in healthcare, I've seen people with amputations. I've seen people who have literally died. You know, the consequences is better than most. Right. So that was partially what was motivating to make the changes too. I don't want to end up in a hospital bed because I couldn't stop eating three chocolate bars a day. Yeah. You know, like I wanted to have control over what I put into my body and not let food control me. Um, so CrossFit, I think, like I said, it's motivating. One kind of motivates the other. Um, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that answered your question. What about you, Gareth? I mean, you've, you've already said that there are people at work that, that comment on, you know, you're fitter and, and it, you know, it's definitely changing the way that you're perceived in, in your work environment. Presumably you've got yeah, friends that are um, well, commenting my wife on talked about this. Well. We both talked about this a while back, how uh, she finds it hard to get people to, like, um, uh, take CrossFit as a, an option seriously. Just because most of the people she talks to, for example, uh, when she goes to her volleyball um they kind of look at her and go, well, you're tall, you're strong. You, you, that's why CrossFit works for you. Mm. They think it's not for them. Yeah, exactly. And when I'm at work uh, and they see, you know, uh, where I've come from and how far I've gone, like, they think, oh, yeah, I can probably do that. Yeah. Right? But uh, I still get the occasional, uh, oh, I'm not fit enough for CrossFit. I'm like, mm. really? <laughs> I, I say if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, I get a lot of that, too. People say, well, you did it, yeah. but I could never do that. Yeah, you could. Like, there was an athlete I saw, I think it was on the CrossFit Facebook page, she had one arm. Mm. You know, there's people who have cerebral palsy, there's people who have spinal cord injuries, there's people who are blind. Yeah. You know, CrossFit is literally for everybody. There is an adaptation that will work for 99% of the population. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand, and I have a hard time. People are like... Well, I'll just go and pay my ten, fifteen, twenty dollars a pay, and mm. I'll just go to this gym that I'll actually never go to, but I'll keep paying for it. 
but they don't realize the it's more value. Like a tax that way. Yeah, yeah, like they don't realize the value that mm. you get with CrossFit. They say, "Well, yeah. it's expensive," but it's like a personal trainer every class. Yeah, it's 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 like there, there's a there's a process of um, educating them and, and uh, cluing them in on how to see the value translated into what they get out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's because if you start with the dollar figure, it, it, it does sometimes put people off because it is, yeah. you know, at least twice as much as, as a conventional gym and it's, you know, six or seven times as much as one of these really incredibly cheap do-it-yourself kind of yeah. environments. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like everything, you do get what you pay for. And exactly. so, you know, in an environment where you get more, um, not explicitly one-on-one, although there's a hell of a lot of one-on-one that goes on in a, a CrossFit class, but, mm-hmm. you know, most CrossFit gyms have a cap on the number of people in a class to keep the ratio of athlete to coach very low. And the, the reason for that is principally safety, but it's yeah. also a matter of delivering value as well to, so that every athlete feels like they're really looked after and that their needs are, are being monitored and, and their movements are safe and mm-hmm. they're getting the cues to make improvements. And, and, you know, these are all things that, that factor into it for sure. And the programming. And the, and the programming is a huge part of yeah. that. Um, and, you know, you've got equipment and, and um, a class environment, a class atmosphere that, that is kind of hard to duplicate under other circumstances. So, you know, that's certainly what kept me around. I mean, it, yeah. you know, I, I, I too came in through a group on initially. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, as soon as my, my membership converted into a regular membership, I questioned whether or not I would get the value of it. But before mm-hmm. I was done the group on, I knew I was hooked and I wasn't going oh, anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The value was pretty clear. Um, but it, there is an education process there for sure. Um, yeah, plus people, like you say, like Amanda said earlier, like they don't know what it is they're missing in terms of their fitness until they're being given it because a lot of people who haven't done fitness for a while have just gotten so used to whatever condition they're currently in, they don't realize that once they've done CrossFit for a few months, they got this extra energy. They have this mm-hmm. mostly mobility, especially for me, but just being able to move around and not have it feel like... It's killing me. <laughs> yeah. So people probably don't even notice it because they just got so used to it. But if they were to try it and get past that point, I'm sure they would see the, the benefit as well. That's the hardest part is getting them to see the benefit. Yeah. And it's, at least from the physical standpoint, it's harder to incorporate into your life and change your lifestyle later than it is earlier, too. I mean, this is the sort of thing mm. where I, I'd love to have found this 10 years before I did. Mm. Um, you know luck of the draw i didn't find it until after i turned 40 um but you know that's just the the way that it goes and and if i could get more people to to find it earlier then i would i mean you know maybe maybe if i can get this podcast out to the (laughs) a greater audience i'll be able to to help bring some more people in but you know I, i think that's that's a big thing is is people have those reservations if, if you're able to say, well, look, here's all the benefits that I know for sure I'm getting out of it, mm. that I know for sure I wouldn't get out of that. Exactly. And, yeah. you know. You go to, you know, a, a Globo gym, nobody cares <clears throat> if you're doing the exercises properly. I mean, you see no. the videos all over Facebook and, in, and, and, you know, Instagram and everything of people doing exercises completely wrong, yeah. dangerous sometimes, 
and everybody's just videoing and laughing and yeah. you don't see anybody walk over and say, hey, maybe you should do... Like, nobody cares. Yeah. And I don't want to say nobody because I'm sure there's people who've had help in gyms. Mm. But, you know, that's, that's, you know, the general idea. But in CrossFit, the value to me, I mean, to me, I would pay twice as much because... To me, it's not about the dollar figure. I will find a way to pay for it because, like, it's just, you get so much more, I think, than what, for what you pay for, number one. I think that it's almost undervalued mm. um, for what you actually get. But I think the support, the, you know, the programming, the very low rate, you know, for, for our gym, it's only 12 per class. You know, you've got somebody saying, hey, you're doing that wrong do it this way. Like you've got that constant coaching to say you're doing, you're on the right track or you're not on the right track. Here's what you need to do. You've got that constant reinforcement to keep you on the right track that you don't get at a regular gym. Like to me and just the support, like I said, to walk into any class and feel supported and welcomed and not judged is well worth what we pay. Like it's, I think the value for what you get is, Amazing. Yeah. There was another uh, incident that wasn't that long ago that was uh, had a bail, bail out of a spectator movement because mm. there was somebody that was in our six a.m. class and uh, he couldn't bail <laughs> properly and he would have hurt himself big time if he wasn't lucky enough to actually finally drop the uh, barbell. But yeah, it was good to see that. Uh, like um, when we saw that there were coaches just took initiative and decided to incorporate that into to the movement to make sure everybody understood not only how to do it properly but what happens when you have to bail out of the movement yeah. the safest way, safest way to do that which I thought was really good yeah, yeah. The, the coaches actually care like they don't just show up you know watch you do your, your movements and walk out the door they actually care they're, they're just as excited as you are when you get a new movement or they see the progress like it's just it's I mean it's well worth its value I really wish I could make people see yeah. because a lot of people say well you know how much is it that's the first thing that crosses their mind yeah. how much does it cost it's not about the cost. It's, what are you gaining? You know, um, like I said, physically, mentally, all aspects of my life, I, it's well worth what I pay a month. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. I think I wish more people could see that. So are you both looking forward to the to the Open next year? Now that Actually, you've been yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I want to know how, how much better at, well, I know we can't do a one-for-one comparison because, again, each event in the next Open is going to be different, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing to stop us from uh, trying. You know, You'll have 18, a good sense of what your progress is, even if you don't repeat exactly <laughs> yeah. the same workout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I say, even being able to do at least one workout in RX would be kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. That's my goal to hopefully get at least one RX. <laughs> but we'll see. Mm. We'll see. Awesome. Do you have any 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 uh, expectations for what might be different next year? I mean, are there, is based on what your experience was... This year, is there one thing that you anticipate being completely out of left field, or are you just waiting to see what gets thrown at you? For I'm kind of waiting for to see what gets thrown at me, but I know when we had to do burpees in this open, uh, I felt like I should have been trying harder during my classes to do the burpees because I was scaling the back and doing what they call sprawls. Oh yeah, yeah. To do that, and I felt like I should have pushed myself harder to do the burpees because once the open came and I should have been a little more prepared. I don't think I wasn't. Yeah. So, the, coming into the well, next and now open, you know you have them in tank too. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so going into the next open, I think I'm going I'm to have yeah. to make sure I push myself harder on the movements that I know that I'm, I'm kind of lax at in order to to make them better, and also ones that I can't do yet. I really have to kind of step up that. 
Yeah, I feel the same mm-hmm. way. Like there's there's things like that I've just not necessarily avoiding, but things that I really don't like, like rowing. I'm not particularly good at it. So that's something I know I should be working on because that, I'm not good at it. Not that was actually it. what I was going to ask for 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 a wrap up question is what is the one movement that you still find incredibly challenging that mm-hmm. that you think you're going to be that much better at by next year? For me, I think, and it's only because they're sloppy. It's not because I can't do them. Is wall balls? Um, so I'm not terrible at wall balls. My problem is as soon as I start getting tired. <clears throat> I don't hit the wall. I don't hit the mark. I don't. So I was, that was the one movement I was so thankful didn't show up this year (laughs) because I can, like, they're very taxing physically, Yeah. but I was actually happy to see thrusters over, over wall balls because Mm -hmm. my wall balls get sloppy. And so I know that's something I really, instead of trying to get them done and quickly work on my technique when I show Mm -hmm. up in class, um, because that is something that I just am not good at, but everything else is just working at it, not shying away from what I'm not good at because I'm not good at it. Mm-hmm. I think if you're not good at something, that's a reason to do it more and not do it less. For sure. Um, but it's that whole mental game, you know, because mm-hmm. you think, well, I'm not good at it, so why would I do it? Yeah. But that's why you need to do it. Well, for me, it's snatches, but not because I don't like them per se. It's just that because of my tendonitis in my arm, they really hurt to do them. So, Because yeah. before this, I used to love snatches. Mm-hmm. So now when I see a snatch, I'm like, uh. <laughs> but one of the other movements that I would really like to improve is uh, the squat clean. Being able mm-hmm. to do the higher weight, but also the movement such that uh, kind of get your arms around the bar faster. Yeah. I feel like I don't get into the squat fast enough and I can't get my arms to snap around that bar as quickly as I need to. And you've got a really those. strong back squat and front squat, so... Yeah, once, once you I, get the bar I, to your shoulders, you're good. Yeah, I just PR'd my my power clean, yeah. so I don't have to do that. You know, squat actually right. at 185, but my my regular clean, my squat clean is like 135 still. Right. <laughs> so, just trying to get used to that. It's that number will climb for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other things like burpees and wall balls, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I need to work all on the my movements. Upper body. <laughs> Every <laughs> movement there is, just start listing them off. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I need to work on the upper body strength for next year. My legs are super strong. My arms are not. <laughs> so that that is something I need to work on. Yeah, there's definitely I've always stuff. Is, like to... my legs have gotten stronger the most of all. I yeah, mean, from me. Yeah, but same here. Because I, I I have no problem doing deadlifts, no problem doing the back squats there now. But I feel like there's still a lot of upper body strength that I need to get. Even the um, as a push press, I think it is. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way, though, too, because it's just, you know, it's mm-hmm. the foundation does tend to bear the brunt of the majority of the movements that we do, no matter what they are. So mm-hmm. that gets stronger first. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a little while unless you start hanging from the rig on a regular basis like a monkey. <laughs> there's only so much upper body that you're really going to do because <laughs> yeah. you're always standing on your legs. <laughs> yeah. There's more. I, find, I feel there's more leg days than arm days at the gym. It's like we're the opposite of everybody else. You see all these. These bodybuilders, they get these great big arms and these little chicken <laughs> legs. I find CrossFit's like the opposite. Yeah. You get these big, strong legs and the yeah. arms need to catch up. Hmm. Well, for me, anyway. Thank you both for, for being willing to come in and yeah. talk okay. shop. Um, you know, it's it's pretty easy to get people to come in and talk about CrossFit. It's, it's a different thing to come in and talk about the struggles that they had before CrossFit. And I mean, fortunately, mm-hmm. when, when you've been able to turn things around and, and you credit um, not just CrossFit, but the changes in your lifestyle and the changes in your in your nutrition that you've made, and 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 how that all works together 
to, to make your life in and out of the gym better, mm-hmm. then it's, it's easier to talk about those things because you're able to talk about what's gotten you to where you are now and where you're headed in the future. Um, but it's still, you know, it's one of those things where I, I wonder just how, how comfortable people will be in, in talking mm. about that. Fortunately, well, I, mean, I know you both fairly well and I, I've, yeah. I've talked to you about these things at the gym and on sure. Facebook yeah. and, you know, so I knew you'd be comfortable sharing. Let's say for me, like when I went to the Fit for Less, I was always trying to figure out how I was going to schedule my exercise into my day. Once I started CrossFit, I figured out how I was going to schedule my day around CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> I do the same thing. Yeah. Like, well, the class is this time. I have this stuff to do. To, like, yeah. So I can shift my other thing later on that day yeah. so I can get the class in. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that was the biggest difference I've seen when it comes to CrossFit in a regular gym. Right. Or any exercise for that matter. Not just a uh, regular gym. I mean, if you're a runner or something, you know, you'll run after when you work when you get time. Right. But in this particular case, it's, well, I got to get the class in at that particular moment so I can schedule the rest of my stuff around and I can leave that till later. <laughs> yeah, because the class times are set. It's not. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I, I like. I like showing up, somebody telling me what to do, and then I go home. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was if it was self-directed. Feel accomplished. No and then when I go yeah. to work the, the, uh, after our CrossFit class, <clears throat> I'm a little bit tired, but I'm kind of like that relaxed tired yeah. to the point where I'm not stressed out. I'm not, I'm not really bothered. So when people come to me with like their problems and they're stressed out with something at work, doesn't stress me out the same. Yeah, it's a but good the day, stress But the day I go there and I didn't have CrossFit that morning, whatever. When someone else is stressed out, I'll get stressed out. Yeah, <laughs> you feel the difference, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you both. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks. And that is time on this latest episode of the Box Jumper Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you'll subscribe so that you get uh, future episodes automatically. As I'm joined by other guests to talk about their stories from the fitness community. If you like the episode, I'd love for you to write a five-star review on iTunes. I'll actually be sharing some of the reviews in future episodes as they start to come in. Of course, you can email me feedback or ideas at info at boxjumper.ca and visit uh, boxjumper.ca often for more fitness-related stuff outside the podcast. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with the handle at boxjumper40, uh, with 40 being the digits. Thanks for listening. More interesting fitness interviews to come. Until then, wad happy and wad often.